1: You're listening to
2: WQYLDB Wathershaw,
0: The talk and music you
2: want to hear
3: At home, at the office, or on the road. Enterprise Now with LZ LZ. Flanagan. Your your, your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio.
0: Welcome. This is Elsie Flannard. You're listening to Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. Uh, we have a great show for you tonight. We have Jesse Daly from Core Consulting with us tonight, and he's going to share a lot of uh, knowledge and wisdom for for our uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs out there tonight. But before we get to the interview, I want to talk a little bit our, about our Radio Summer Fun Celebration Food Drive. WQYL has partnered with Hunger Task Force to bring to hold a food drive the food drive is running from J- june 17th all the way up until august 5th and uh one, one drop off location is forever faded that's at 1427 east racine avenue in waukesha wisconsin and the other drop off location is sunset popcorn and that's on sunset drive in waukesha wisconsin so our goal is to raise a thousand dollars and a thousand pounds of food so if you can help us with in that effort you can go to our website, wqil-db.com slash food drive to donate. So Jesse Daly, um, thank you again for joining me tonight. And um, I'm going to give this call in number if you want to call in and ask questions right away just so we can queue that up. And that call number is 720-820-1618. Again, that's 720 eight two zero one six one eight that's the call-in number if you want to call in and ask uh jesse daly a question jesse are you with us
4: i am thank you for having me elvin
0: not a problem so first of all jesse let me say thank you again for being on enterprise now it's always good to have successful entrepreneurs on the show to help those of us who are trying to get where you are and um it's it's we, I, I just appreciate your time and uh, you being on the show. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about? Actually, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the celebration that you just had um, last night, just um, your turnout and um, a little bit about that before we dive into the core consulting, if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, no, sure, no problem. Yeah, my wife and I opened a restaurant called The Chill in uh well, two years ago, as of yesterday. Um, my wife is from Captain I knew Nepal, and. Um, we opened up a Himalayan restaurant where we're featuring the food from her country and some American dishes as well. And one of the things that happened recently was um, back in 2015, there was a, a devastating earthquake that hit uh, Kathmandu, Nepal, where my wife is from. And um, there's been a lot of devastation to the schools, the infrastructure, and things like that. So we uh, we created a cause called Hope for Nepal, which is a foundation that my wife started that I've been helping her with in regards to helping send monies and then other supplies over to the victims that have been affected by the earthquake. Um, infrastructure over there was just devastated by by the earthquake and it's very difficult for them to to get heavy equipment and water and other necessities uh, easily accessible so having her parents over there were able to send the funds directly to them and those funds are being directly impacted and helping the uh the victims of the earthquake Uh, there's a lot of government interference right now when you're going through different peace organizations and whatnot so what we found is getting the the money directly to to uh, her family and having them disperse it has been the most effective means to getting, getting aid to, to those in need. So far we've raised almost $18,000. Wow. Uh, raised a little over $2,000 last night at our, at our charity event for the awesome. celebration. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a win, win.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, just see, let's, let's dive into some of the questions. Um, kind of take us back to where you first began and on your journey as a, as a small business owner slash entrepreneur.
4: Uh, I never really considered myself being an entrepreneur or kind of out of the gun. Um, my dream was to be an engineer for Harley Davidson and um, move from Boise, Idaho to, to come here to Wisconsin to go to school at MSOE, Milwaukee School of Engineering. As I was told by many people that I knew, that, that was a, a great path to essentially get into Harley Davidson Motor Company. And uh, got the opportunity to work there, both as an intern and post graduation, and enjoyed it immensely. Uh, really enjoyed the people that I worked with. They were, everybody was really happy about working at the company. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of smiley faces, and then uh, I actually was uh, when I was working at Harley Davidson. I was a I was a contractor. That's what they considered uh, essentially. Some some people might consider a temp a temp agency type of situation. But Harley does a lot of their staffing through through temp agencies and contracting firms. Okay, so that was a way for me to get my foot in the door. But what I realized when I was working for Harley and for this temp agency, they didn't offer any terms of foster uh, retention. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, I was just making. You know, X number of dollars per hour uh, with no health insurance, no benefits, no vacation, no paid holidays, and things of the sort. And I really kind of felt like um, I was a, a temporary employee as opposed to being part of the organization, part of the team. Gotcha. Um, after leaving Harley Davidson, I went to work for a company called Accenture, which is kind of like a really, really powerful ITIS consulting firm, but again, kind of acts on a consulting or contract loan, whereas they get projects from their clients. And they, uh, they send their team from Accenture out to, uh, implement these projects for them. Um, what I really enjoyed about working for Accenture was that they really fostered retention. Um, they gave us great benefits and, and great perks of working for the company, not to mention great travel opportunities to work at different, different world-class organizations. Um, and so what I kind of did, uh, after leaving Accenture is decided to come up with a company that was kind of a, a merging of the mechanical and electrical engineering, um, disciplines along with what I did in the IT and IS and created a company called Core Consulting that is a benefit-rich and laden company that focuses on keeping our staff for as long as we can, and we focus on retention by offering help dental a long-term disability, paid holidays and paid vacation to our key members of our staff to make sure that they've got a transition from, you know, whether they're working at client A or, or company A, B, or C, I'm able to, you know, recruit them from that company, work for me on a contract basis, and hopefully land them a position as a direct hire employee with okay. our with our client company.
0: Gotcha. So what was your moment where you decided that you wanted to strike out on your own? What was what was the trigger behind that?
4: Well I had a situation that I had run into, um, where the person that I was working for and I had a, a pretty significant disagreement and uh I had to make a choice and uh the choice was made on a Friday and, and I essentially started up core with my business partner Matthew Barosi on Monday. Um so it was kind of a rash decision, but it was something that we felt we needed to do. Um and we had as we recruited a lot of people to work for us and we wanted to make sure that we were we were taking care of them and uh, were concerned about their well being.
0: Okay. So help us understand what that looked like. You said you you decided on Friday and started on Monday. What what did that entail? Was it you um, just having that meeting and saying, okay, we're going to do this, or was there something um, a little bit more formal, Formal, or did that come after you guys decided that you were going to launch out and, and do your own thing?
4: Well, we, we, Matt and I discussed about branching up and starting our own company. Uh, we weren't necessarily as confident in the leadership of the company that we were working for at the time. Um, we just didn't feel that his best interests were lies within his employees, but more was a, a self serving type of an environment that we were in. And um, the situation became where I found out that my identity had been taken from me um from my prior employer. Oh, wow. And that kind of was uh, the nail in the you know, the nail on the back that kinda finalized it for me, um and and forced me into a situation where I had to make a decision either, you know, quit and just quit the industry altogether or look to build a company that I that I could believe in that we, you know, put our hundred percent effort into and knew that I was gonna be such you're responsible for the outcome of, of employees, people's lives that I was working with.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So what about the staffing industry made it the, the business that you chose to start? I mean, you, because you could have done anything, right? I mean, you could have um, started an engineering company or with your background or, or what made you decide that this was the industry you wanted to, to start off in?
4: Well, Throughout my life, I've always kind of been a person that has brought people together. Um, I, maybe I'm a networker, or maybe I'm a you know, collaborist, or, or, or whatnot, but I always found I, kind of felt my place in life was <laughs> was bringing people together. And what I really liked about the recruitment aspect was it was being able to take somebody that was in a position of, of not being happy at, at their current job and presenting them with an opportunity with other organizations that I felt had great ethics and, and work environments that, that I could recruit them for and into positions for it. So it was really just kind of a passion for helping people. Um, but, uh, my whole life, I've, I've always been kind of a giver. Um, my wife and I have volunteered at the Teamsville Village Market. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we do a lot for our community, and it's just, it was kind of an extension of who I am. Um, you know, obviously, I wanted to make money at it, but I um, also felt that you know, I could do a great service to, to people and to and for myself, for so that means, and by starting a, a world-class staffing firm, an engineering services company.
0: Okay. So I think you. So if you had to to say how many employees uh, Core has, what 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 is that number?
4: Well, you know, <coughs> excuse me for a second. It fluctuates because, you know, in the staffing world is cyclical. I'd say about right now we have probably got around seventy employees that work for us on a contract or contingency basis for our clients. Um, that would include, you know, our internal staff as well. So it's it's a pretty strong team. We mainly consist of. Mechanical engineers, manufacturing engineers, electrical engineers, electrical technicians, fire planners, IT, IS consulting—something um, that we just started to get into and been pretty successful at. Um, we do a little bit in the hospitality and restaurant industry, um, but it's mainly a technical engineering and, and, and technical focused staffing company. I myself am an engineer, so I found that I was be- I'm better to qualify people from an engineering background, having had the background myself.
0: Gotcha. Um. So help us. I guess help us dig a little bit into the staffing business. How does the staffing business work? I guess educate us on um, some of the nuances and and is, just give us a little input on on how the staffing uh, industry works.
4: Well, you know, companies, especially in the times that we're in right now, <clears throat> have a fluctuating product development life cycle, and it's not a, not necessarily consistent. Cons- consistent with their sales cycle. Companies like for example Harley Davidson does a lot of work on the up front of the year to get all of their motorcycles ready for their launch that they have in the fall. <clears throat> so in in essence there's a lot of work that they need done on the development for the motorcycles from months of December to say April when they're creating their product. Okay. Well, come April time, you know, now they're more focused on the sales aspect of it. So all the resources that they have from the from the engineering standpoint might not be necessary for them to get through that first cycle. Yes, they'll need them again in the future. Um, for the next year, still, it's like the um, uh, product development cycle. But, um, you know, companies look to, uh, to cut overhead and costs by having a contingent or flexible workforce that so they can turn on and off based on their need. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, you know, the motorcycle automotive industry is not necessarily the same as aerospace or mining or other things. So what we find is that people that are looking to hire people on a contract or contingent basis, there tend to be cycles in each business that we're able to utilize these consultants that work for us at different client sites, um, until they found a place that they can really call home, or until the client calls them, uh, you know, and wants to bring them on as a full time employee. Companies really look to hire, kind of by, via three methods. One would be a contract worker, where they're looking just to bring somebody in on a contract basis for a fixed amount of time, for a fixed budget, and that's all they want to spend. And there's there's no intention of hiring direct. Um, <clears throat> the other other companies look to hire direct hire employees. Um, they can't find the particular talent on their own or having a hard time sourcing somebody. Maybe they want a particular person identified at a at client or a competitor of theirs that they want us to, to target. Um, and so they look to us to, to go and kind of be headhunters, for better words. Um, so our job is to call on the candidates that we feel are qualified for these positions and sell them on their company, our client's company. Okay. So that requires a lot of us time and investment and getting to know the the client company's benefit model, what's their culture like, what's the company like, is it a company that we'd want to work at first and foremost, because we generally don't want to try and recruit people for companies and jobs that we wouldn't want to work for at, you know, ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And then the, the, the third model is the contract to hire, where companies are looking to hire people. Um, but kind of want to test the waters out with the person before making that commitment. Um, there's a lot of different personality types that can and cannot work within an organization and based on the structure that's in place currently with that particular company, it's really important to make sure that you've got the right fit. What I find is a lot of people would rather work with somebody that they like than they don't like, even if that person that they don't like is exceptionally skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be more willing and, and you know, apt to, to help out somebody that, that they like working with. And so what I found is this culture and personality fit really plays a big part in the hiring process for, for companies these days as opposed to necessarily skill.
0: Gotcha. So let's dig into that a little bit more. Help us to understand the culture aspect of it. And uh, we were talking a little bit offline about a particular company and, you know, in its culture. How does that. Have you seen that change in a company or once you have noticed an established culture, is that. Can that change and have you seen that change in the in the customers that you've worked with?
4: You know, I've got a particular aerospace client that I worked with for for, for many, many years. And uh, when we first started working out with them, they were owned by you know a mom and pop kind of shop. They were small. They were they were growing rapidly, but they were you know a family owned business. And you know the culture was very independent, autonomous driven. Um, we wear a lot of hats. Um, so the the kind of culture that they were looking for were again those independent, driven, you know autonomous type persons that can go out there and do projects and lead things and and do a lot and wear a lot of hats with the organization, get a lot of work done. Um, now what's happened is as, you know, for the last couple of years, this company was bought by a big corporate monolith and the corporate company has a different culture and their culture is more or less, okay, you're assigned a specific task or a job within an organization and you're expected to be the expert of that particular job because when they need, you know, you to get work done, that, that that's that's the focus that they want you to be. They've created that job for you. So you're not going to get as much flexibility in maybe a larger type corporate organization than you might in a, in a smaller mom and pop shop. So that transition has, is, has changed the whole dynamic of the company. You know, a lot of the people that were maybe more entrepreneur in spirit have probably left and the people that are more corporate driven, mentality focused, or have stayed with the company and, and they're beginning to rest, staff and restructure their company, um, within, within, within their organizations to better reflect how they want to see their corporate culture grow. Um, but, you know, definitely what I've seen is specifically in the technical and engineering realm is that companies are really looking for people engineers that are willing to stick their neck, necks out of bed. Um, I think for a long time, and I think it was, you know, from the movie office space, you know, the, the engineers have always kind of been the nerds in the cube, just kind of back, you know, staying, doing their work and <clears throat> coming in excited and leaving at four and not really interfacing as much on the personality as, uh, side of things with, with, with the rest of the company. And what we're seeing now is companies are looking more for people that have more of that independent spirit, more of an entrepreneurial spirit that, like, can be salesman along with being an engineer because it's one thing to design a product but you don't believe in it and you can't sell to the person next to you nobody's going to buy the product and so that's one thing that, that we're looking for is that passion and that inspiration that, that comes with you know a different type of personality that for an engineer that, that they typically look for the best
0: gotcha i think that's a really good point um, when you talk about internal stakeholders and internal customers right because you, you have products and services that you sell to outside customers and stakeholders, but there are also projects and assignments that you have to sell to internal uh, customers and stakeholders, right? Because if you have a, if you're a team leader or even if you don't have that title positionally, there's always going to be, I'll, I'll call it an opportunity and a challenge to get people on board with what you're, what you're doing and to to get them to, to help you out. Right.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, Kind of being in the sales organization myself, the, the rule is kind of ABC, always be closing. And you know, you want to make sure that when you're going to your superior boss or client or customer or you know, whatever it is that, that you can sell them on your product or idea, that it's it's easy for them to understand and then and, and they get it and they get it quickly. Because what we found with this acquisition information is much quicker these days. So I think that the attention span of, of humans by nature has has gone down significantly where, you know, you've only got a few seconds to really capture their attention and get them intrigued. And if you get them intrigued and get them bought into the concept that you've got, then they become a proponent for you mm-hmm. and begin to work with you to help you deliver your product. So it's a very, very important thing. That's one thing I learned at MSOE it was one of the engineering professors that I had that, you know, a great idea is only worth, you know, the piece of paper it's written on it. How well can you sell it to the people around you? And that's, I think that's where I've been successful in my career is that, um, I've been very passionate about what we've done. Um, you know, it mean, may not be the sexiest industry out there, but we've been extremely successful at it because we're passionate. We believe in our, believe in our people, and we believe in and in, in what we're doing.
0: Gotcha. Talk to us a little bit about. You mentioned uh, in your answer the generational differences and the the shift in attention spans. Talk to us a little bit about that. How is re- even from the comp- uh, from the recruiting uh, perspective? Has that changed from when you guys first started to now?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, when we first started, you know, I mean, when we started in 2007, you know, obviously the internet was out there, but there weren't as, as robust databases as there are now. Like LinkedIn is, is, a, is a good example, and um, you know, I think LinkedIn has really changed the face of recruitment in many ways. In that, you as a headhunter or, you know, or as any company can really get access to the exact person that they want they want to hire in a really really short amount of time. So what our clients have begin to focus on is being more demanding and, and giving us less time to find these these people because there's there's, there's a lot of them out there and they're more easily accessible. You know, back in the day, you'd have to call up a company that was a competitor, you know, and you kind of have to work your way past the administrative assistant who was the gatekeeper, for better words, of the company, and then mm-hmm. get your way into engineering and hope to God you found the right guy in the right department and then kind of talk to him while he's at work. And it just became an uncomfortable, Well, it was a very uncomfortable conversation to have. Um you know, using tools like LinkedIn, Monster, and uh, and other databases, heck even Facebook, be able to relate this person on a more personal touch outside of their work. Um, usually catching them when they're home, probably feeling grumpy from the day that they've had a bad day at work, and, and that they're, they're at a point to where they can consider talking to somebody. So, I think the culture dynamics change a lot too. That there's easier ways to access people. I mean, one thing that we're using quite a bit now is, is using text messaging. Okay. Um, we find that. Uh, you know, about 95% of people that, that, that you send a text to are going to respond, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I mean, I, I think that's a really neat way to, to reach out to people. Yeah, if they don't know you, they may not want to receive your text message. But I, what I found is that most people are are generally in, interested in listening and hearing about a better opportunity. And you just got to be able to sell them on that opportunity and why it's better for them. And doing some research on them about them as a person before you talk to them, like looking up their LinkedIn profile and trying to search information that can engages you and builds a relationship with with the candidate um you know before you even on the phone
0: gotcha so if you had to say give a percentage on uh, your communication what would you say the percentage of time you spend email text linkedin and on the phone and um and how has that changed from when you first started to now
4: well, when I first started, I mean, I would say 95% of what I did was via email. You know, was finding somebody's profile online, trying to find their email address. Um, you know, the cold phone calls were very, very popular. Then, um, it's definitely changed. I'd say probably right now, I'd, I'd say 50% of my communications are done being LinkedIn, um, trying to find somebody and engaging them because they can see you too. It's not like just getting a call from somebody out in space. You know, they could they know who you are. They understand. Okay, you you're not just some guy at a at India calling you, you know, at a call center, just trying to make placements, and they know you're a real human and that you're you're you know you're, you're local and you probably know the company really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, LinkedIn has it's become very popular. I still use email all, all all the time. Email's kind of a secondary form of communication for me now. The really? phone's still one of it. Well, I mean, it's it's more for confirmation and just you know being able to track things. I think it's people don't aren't necessarily responding to emails, especially the personal ones at work, as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are responding to text messages. They are responding to phone calls. They are responding to LinkedIn messages because a lot of companies don't have blocks on LinkedIn, which to me is baffles me because <laughs> as an employer, I'd want to be you know, i'd want to I'd want to protect my employees as much as I can. But what we found is a you know a lot of companies don't. they let them, you know I mean if you let them go, set them free if they come back, it was kind of meant to be. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. I guess the mentality companies are taking. If you're not happy here, then you know go find a job somewhere else. I mean, I think definitely the the culture of you know, corporate America has, has changed. You know, employees are becoming expendable. You know, you keep them when you need them, and you get rid of them when you don't. And unfortunately, that's just kind of a sign of the times. And so, making sure that your your skills are marketable, and that you're adept in what you do, and that you've got the latest technologies at your back at, at your disposal, and and just making sure you're the most effective you know candidate that you can be at any point in time, because you never know when mm-hmm. oil prices are going to go down. Right. You know, and then it affects the entire industry. And you know, you go from Thousands of people being laid off in a matter of a few months. You know, nobody really has control over it. It's not anybody's fault. It's just a matter of making sure that you're protecting yourself. Because the only, the only person that's going to watch out for you for you is, is, is number one. And at the end of the day, you just need to take care of yourself and you know, obviously your family. Um, but um, you know, as far as protecting your your professional career, I mean, it's really unless you're like me and go out and start a business, um, you know, you got to watch out.
0: Gotcha. So talk to us a little bit about customer service, especially as it relates to your business and uh, what you've, what you do.
4: Well, I mean, there's a lot of companies that do what I do. Um, there's several hundred, if maybe not even a thousand in the state of Wisconsin that call themselves a recruiting company headhunting. And literally anybody can do it out of their house if they wanted to.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but it's building those relationships and having the networks of people in the industry, that you can really effectively sell somebody across the you know the test for me about why they should use your agency as opposed to somebody else's. You know, there's people that have the, you know, they'll come in with cheaper rates than you are that'll you know, they'll, they'll they'll play the play the price game all the time. And you know one thing I found is good things aren't cheap and cheap things aren't good. Hmm. Um, and so finding a professional that, that really knows the industry and knows the culture company going can invest the time that they're gonna find the right candidate for you. Um, really is the relationship between you and the HR manager, or the human resources manager, or the director of engineering, or whoever you be, happen to be working with in that. And then you need to be able to you know, really show passion in what you do. I mean, if you get excited, then your client's going to get excited, and your HR manager receives a resume from you, and you can call her up and say, Hey, you know, this is a great candidate. Here's why I think why. And they can take it to that manager that's been dying for that engineer for eight weeks because they've waited not to use a firm. And then realize now we got to do it because we're falling behind on projects and deliverables, and we're losing money by not hiring somebody.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And it gets, you know, it becomes a win-win both for you and the human resource personnel, and then it helps them get the, you know, get the right candidate for the manager, so they can. put one to rest, maybe for better words.
0: Gotcha. So you just you just threw out a really good quote there. Is that is that from Jesse Daly, or can I can I reuse that? You said uh, good things aren't cheap, and cheap things aren't good.
4: Yeah, I don't know if I quoted it, but I know, I, I believe it was my dad that told it to me, and I'm sure he probably had some trouble with quotes out there. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do use it a lot.
0: So. Gotcha, gotcha. So Jesse, how not
4: the che- we're, not, yeah, we're not the cheapest firm to use. Gotcha. <laughs> but I think when it comes to the end of the day, the best, you're getting a much better value using our company as opposed to the other firms that are out there. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: So how do you advertise your business?
4: You know, um, we've tried some, you know, we haven't done a lot of traditional advertising. We tried some radio commercials that were semi-effective. You know, we've done some some Facebook posts. But really, the best advertisement that we get is word of mouth, um, both from finding the candidate's perspective and from the client's perspective. What we find is people, birds of a feather flock together. So even resource personnel, they tend to hang out. They go to bars with each other. They go to happy hour. They have dinner. And, you know, they talk about companies that they're using that are are good at doing placements and staffing for them. And, you know, they're happy to refer, you know, companies like ours to their colleagues. And then I get calls from colleagues. And then the same goes for the candidate. And the candidate, you know, they come to our company and they start with us on a contract, or they they work for our company and they found that the employment experience was better with us than they'd ever used anywhere else as far as, you know, a staffing firm. And so that really breeds a sense of trust between you and the candidate. You become an agent both for the company and the candidate. Mm -hmm. And that you know, it, it really kind of helps you sell the deal.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, we're coming up on a, a break here in a, in a minute, Jesse. So I'm going to uh, read some of the information about our summer uh, radio summer event, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back with some with uh, with some more questions. So the uh, the radio summer fun celebration and food drive, WQILDB has partnered with the with hunger task force to bring in this food drive it started june 17th it's going to run all the way to august 5th Uh, one drop-off location is forever faded barbershop and the other is sunset popcorn that's on sunset avenue here in waukesha wisconsin our goal is to raise a thousand dollars and a thousand pounds of food again if you can help us out we would appreciate it
2: You're listening to WQYL-DB the talk and music you want to hear.
3: At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flanagan. Your your, your choice for business talk, inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio.
0: And Old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A battle is going on inside all of us, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority and ego the other is good joy peace love hope serenity humility kindness benevolence empathy generosity truth compassion and life this same fight is going on inside you and in every other person too the grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather which wolf will win The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed.
2: What is your major malfunction, Johnson? Sir, I don't know, sir. The last two engineers you hired were a disaster. They knew nothing about the latest CAD software like Pro Engineer and SolidWorks. They did not even know how to find a rapid prototyping solution. Sir, yes, sir. And the real kicker is that we could have avoided all these troubles had you just hired my beloved core. Sir, the Army Corps of Engineers, sir? No, numbskull Corps Consulting!
4: An Inc. 500 Award winner, Core Consulting is a full-service on-demand engineering and design firm. Wisconsin manufacturers of all sizes turn to Core Consulting for outsourced design, rapid prototyping, plus technical staffing, placement, and training. Core prides itself on creating fully customized solutions tailored to the specific needs of any technical project. To learn more about opportunities with Core Consulting, log on to core-usa.com. That's C-O-R-E-U-S-A usacom Core Consulting, on-demand engineering and design.
0: And we're back. I'm your host, Elsie Flinnard. This is Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. And we're talking with core consulting um, guru, Jesse Daly. And uh, we were talking advertising before we um, went on break, Jesse. So I wanted to dig in a little bit more on that and, and kind of ask you, how do you track if um, if a campaign is successful or not?
4: You know, only that's a tough one. <laughs> Metrics are always the hardest thing to come by, <laughs> especially from a marketing standpoint. I think it, a lot of companies don't really value marketing and, and all. It's, it's, it's you have to see, I guess, um, it, it's hard to, to metricize that. You know, generally, I mean, it's its engaging with the candidate or the client. They thought, hey, I heard an ad on the radio about you guys this morning, or, or hey, I saw a cool post on Facebook, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, real, the best gauge of, of, of our advertising and, and what we do. But well, again, I think that not word of mouth. I mean, that's the best success that we've had is through our client and partnership networks.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, obviously, being a radio station and all, we want people to advertise with us <laughs> because we believe that radio advertising works. And um, you guys heard the the ad that, um, that we just ran on uh, Core Consulting. Um, I think uh, part of it is, the the amount i think a lot especially with small businesses um they run have a tendency to run a a, a short amount of say the radio type um ads and when they don't see the immediate um you know reflection of that they kind of you know toss it off as not effective but i think again like you said it is hard to metricize right because how do you measure where they heard it and how many times they had to hear it for it to sink in. So, um, so I, I do get that point. Um, so.
4: But to another point, Elsie, I think I think the, the most important thing about the advertising is it's building your brand and building your image. That's really where the value is. Is that you know people hear about our company and they've heard of us. And they they understand what we do, and I think that that might not be, you might not get your ROI tomorrow on that, but Mm -hmm. you might get that a year down the road, or a couple years down the road, or just just being, you know, I think that there's a lot of value in getting your brand out, and and people understanding what you do and who you are.
0: Yes, that's a a really, really good point. Um, to To that point, McDonald's they advertise all the time. One of the biggest, you know, burger chains in the world. And yet you see them everywhere. And I think that to your point, that's the reason why is because when you think burgers, you think McDonald's and you want, when people think core um, or recruiting staffing, you want them to think core. So any, any way you can do um, anything you can do that, that'll help that I think is uh is positive. Like you said, so very good point. Yes. All right. So, Let's talk a little bit about your success. How did you, who would, I guess, what would you attribute, attribute your success to?
4: Well, I mean, just staying the course. I mean, when we started the company in 2007, we were uh, starting in an economy that was sliding down. I mean, there was a a recession that was happening and companies were laying off and it was just, you know, just staying committed and believing in what you do. I think that that is, is the main thing. I, can't even count how many times that I've talked to a human resource person and just says, yeah, "Hey, I can feel your passion, I can feel your energy, I can feel your excitement for what you do, and it's contagious, and I want to be part of that, and I want to work with you because I feel that you're, you're invested in that. So I think a large part of our success has been just our passion for it. I think the other thing is, is just being experts and knowing, kind of going back to what I talked about earlier, just making sure that you're the best at what you can do and having all the tools that you can have accessible to you at, at any point in time to be reach out to your clients or your candidates and, and just being high energy and and having fun, I guess. That's the other thing. Is just enjoy what you do because if you're not, people are going to sense it, they're going to feel it, and they're not going to want to work with you because people want to be around people that have positive energy and are uplifting and not necessarily pessimistic or, or cancerous.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um, any services that you guys use um, in, in terms of accountants and attorneys? Do you um, did you guys deal with uh, those folks a, a lot early on? Or do you deal with them now? How, talk to, talk to us about that.
4: Well, when Matt and I started, it was just him and I at his kitchen table. So I mean, our accounting department was zero. <laughs> Our legal department was zero, mm-hmm. um, but as we've grown, there's definitely been you know jobs we've had to either hire internally for or outsource because it's you know one of the important things when you're in a business is not to focus too much in it but working on your business and making sure again like we were talking just a bit ago about your brand, your image, and and what you want to sell. And if you're constantly stuck in the day to day nuances of, of it, you're not going to be able to get out there and touch touch point with clients and customers and candidates to be able to generate that revenue. And so, yeah, utilizing professionals and trusting in them and what they do, and giving them you know, respect and credit for what, what they're able to offer for you, and, and you know, working out good deals with your with your vendors and suppliers is, is, is paramount to success. But gotcha. You want to keep your overhead low.
0: Gotcha. Keep your overhead low. Uh, great advice. So, what does core look for in an employee?
4: I'm you cut out there. What was that again?
0: Um, what does CORE look for in an employee?
4: Well, there's a lot of things you look for in an employee. Um, you know, first and foremost is somebody that's happy. Um, one of the things that we use is called the Culture Index Survey. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helps us gauge their personality and who they are as a person. It's a great tool for us in the recruiting aspect. So when we're looking for people, we want people that have that independent, driven, autonomous but can work with groups, friendly type person to work with. We're also looking for people that maybe aren't necessarily happier in their job right now, but want to take a change and make a change. Um, A lot of people that work for us are, you know, it's their second or third job that they've had out of college. Mm -hmm. And so they've either taken one or two positions that haven't been really what they wanted to do. And so a company like Cork can afford them a lot of flexibility to work with a bunch of different clients that we have, gauge different industries, and really find out where where their skills lie within. And it gives them the opportunity to to graduate from us and, and go be happy at a company that, that they're working for and being able to try different companies out without it you being viewed as job-humping or job-jumping on their resume. Because, you know, when you as an employer, when you're looking at somebody's resume, you see three jobs in the last year and a half.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, it's a bit alarming. Gotcha. But if you're working for us as a consultant and you've worked at three clients for one company, i.e. core consulting, it's perceived a lot differently. So it gives them you know, the opportunity to, to try a bunch of different things out before they before they make that full time commitment to an organization.
0: Gotcha. So what? in as you've as you guys have grown, you, you mentioned you you started at your kitchen table. Uh, obviously, you're not at your kitchen table uh, anymore. So what? Um, what made you guys choose the location you're at now?
4: Well, the location was kind of indifferent to us. I lived in West Bend at the time. My business partner, Matt, lived in Lightfish Bay, and we wanted to find a place that was in between both of our homes so we could mitigate the commute. The Thienesville area area seemed to be the perfect proximity from both of our homes So at the time. I've since moved to Thienesville. But um, the one real thing that was important for us, especially when you're looking to work with big companies, is that they want a brick and mortar. They want to see that you've got more than just working out of your kitchen table. They want to know that, like they can count on you that you're going to be there. That you've got an address that they can visit. They can have meetings, and it just gives you that, that that level of professionalism. Like I said, there's a lot of people that do what we do, and there's a lot of people that do it out of their home. But there's no assurance or guarantee that they're going to be there next year, or next week, or mm-hmm. next month. And so, by putting that investment into your company and into the brick and mortar, really shines through with our with our with our clients that hey, that these guys are in it for the long haul. And they're committed to it, and and here's why they've invested a significant amount of money into making sure that they've got a facility to
0: operate from. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So, Jesse, we're coming up on our second break here. So I'm going to, again, give some more information on our radio summer event, and then we'll take a a quick break, and then we'll be back. Uh, But the radio summer event is happening August 5th. It's uh, at Fox River Park. It's on August 5th from 530 to 830 p.m. We're going to have food, fun, and music. So come on out. We'll be back right after this.
1: You're listening to
2: WQYL-DB Watershaw, the talk and music you want to hear.
3: At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flanagan, your your choice for business talk, inspirational, motivational, and transformational, Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio.
2: Sometimes you can try so hard at something. Sometimes you can be so, so prepared, still fail. When you say, when you are where you are right now and you say, I can't take this, I can't handle this, I don't want anymore, this is driving me crazy. You are saying, I don't wanna go any higher. Most of you won't be successful because when you're studying and you get tired, you quit. And I'm here to tell you today, if you got somebody came to my office the other day crying, I said, look, don't cry to give up. Cry to keep going. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain. You already hurt. Get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you today that you can come here. You can jump up. You can do flips. You can be excited when we give away money. But listen to me. You'll never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. How much time do you spend working on you? How much time do you spend every day working on your dream? In the last 90 days, how many books have you read? In the last year, what new skill or knowledge have you acquired? What kind of investment have you made in you? Keep your agreements, keep your agreements that you make and establish a network of people who will also do that. You got to have an insatiable appetite for success, all right? For knowledge. You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. You got to believe. Believe in what? Believe in yourself? Believe in your dreams? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me, I challenge you. Why do I challenge you? Because I know you can. I know you listen to me. Some of you, you're not even in the game. Can you do me a favor? Get in the game. You could be great if you just showed up. Get in the game. You want to be great. You want to do great things. You want to have greatness. You want to be great. I've often said a man's character is not judged after he celebrates a victory by by what he does when his back is against the wall. So no matter how great the setback, how severe the failure, you never give up. You never give up. It's possible for you to live your dream. It's necessary that you associate with winners, that you work your system that you are relentless, that you never give up. It's you, you've got to take personal responsibility. You've got to make it your personal business to make it happen. And you've got to resolve within yourself that I can do this, that it's hard. But you've got to say, I'm the one. I'm the one to make this happen. You're listening to WQYL-DB Wathashaw, the talk and music you want to hear.
3: At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ LZ. Flanagan. Your your, your choice for business talk, inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio.
0: Hello, guys, we are back. This is LZ Flanard with Enterprise Now. We are on WQYLDB Radio. That call in number, again, if you would like to ask questions to Mr. Jesse Daly, is 720 820 Again, that number is 720 820 1618, if you would like to ask questions to Jesse Daly. So, Jesse, um, at the end of the break, we were talking about um, – what were we talking about?
4: We so were talking about uh, just about kind of kind of the culture of employees and ah. how they fit within an organization. What do I look for when I look to hire somebody?
0: Gotcha. So are you finding yourself sometimes giving advice to, to potential candidates on how they can improve or ways that they can adjust their attitude in order to uh, to find that perfect listing?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely consider myself a coach um, on top of being a recruiter. I mean, especially if we're presenting them or they're going in front of our client for an interview or having a phone, phone discussion with them, um, you know, timing them up and getting them excited about the opportunity, talking about the opportunity, you know, coaching them through the person they might be talking with. Is it a human resources person? Is it a manager? Is it, is it an engineer? I mean, what's the culture like? What's the personality type of the person that they're going to be talking with? Because it's important to know your audience before you get into it and then jumping in to have a conversation. So being being as prepared as you can and those, knowing as much as you can about your audience is, is a key to success, I believe, especially in, in, in recruitment agencies. I mean, I've had tens of thousands of people interviewed through me and, you know, I've given tens of thousands of interviews myself. And um, you can really tell the difference between somebody that you feel that's enthusiastic and, and interested in what you've got to say versus somebody that doesn't, that's not.
0: Gotcha. Um, switching gears a little bit. Um, so what's the, um, what kind of corporation is your business? How did you guys decide to, to structure yourselves?
4: Uh, well, we are a limited LLC. Um, and it kind of was the best decision based on the size we were at the time. Okay. Um, we've since changed to a, an S-corp. Okay. Um, so that's given us a little more flexibility from the structural standpoint and being able to to promote other individuals within our organization, but we've also grown quite a bit in the last year and a half as a result of of our industry. We've added some pretty significant business resources to our team in that we're now doing engineering and outsource design in-house. So Instead of hiring somebody or calling me up and asking me to find somebody, we've retained a a staff of engineers and designers and technical-related people in-house at our company that allow us to react and help companies that have just a really small or short product life cycle. Uh, where they need a project done in eight weeks or they need a project done in a, a day or whatever it is, they can call on us and we've got people in-house. Another thing that we've done to really kind of diversify ourselves from our competitors is um, we have 3D printing and of prototyping in-house. We have a lot of mechanical engineers and designers that work for our company, and they're constantly looking at prototypes of products. And so one of the advantages we give them when they're working at our client or customer site is the ability to be able to use our 3D printer at just 10% above cost. Okay. So instead of going out to a bureau and spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a 3D printed part, there's a good likelihood that they can get it done significantly cheaper through us by utilizing our resources. Um, and so that's really kind of you know how, how we've changed a little bit and evolved and need um, us to do a little bit of training. So if one of our employees doesn't have the necessary skills that, that an employer is looking for, say, just to give an example, companies either use Pro Engineer or SolidWorks as one of their main CAD modeling systems. Um, at least here in Wisconsin. So what we find is that maybe the person's got the right personality and right culture fit. They just don't have the right toolbox. Mm-hmm. And so we'll work with that candidate and the client to bring them up to speed in the software that they need them to be up to speed in. That way, they can make that 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 hire. the guy, man. We really like this candidate, but he just was missing solid work. So we're trying to take the tool out of the equation and and just having them focus on personality and raw skill that they've got. You know, another thing that we do that's a lot different than our other competitors is we do offer full benefits to our, our contractors and consultants. Um, so that really fosters retention. We offer them paid vacation, paid holidays, um, you know, long-term disability, life insurance, um, health insurance, dental. Um, so it's not just like working at, for a temp agency; it's working for you know a real company that's that's invested in you as 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 a person.
0: Gotcha. So I, um, the nerd in me, wants to know more about the three D printing. Um, can you give us some some details about how that works and how, how cool that is?
4: Well, I think it's going to change the world here, um, I mean, especially as the, the the technology has evolved so quickly. Um, the 3D printing allows you to essentially go from art to part in less than a day. So uh, you can sit with me at my office. We can do a napkin sketch about what you want to design. We can take it to 3D CAD computer system, sketch something up in that pretty quickly and send it to the printer. And you've got a part in your hand that you can look, test, feel, and in some cases, you know, function in, in, in what you want it to do. I'll just give you an example. I had a handicapped gentleman come to my office just last week, and he has a particular rail that he has in his shower that helps him get in and out of the shower. Well, the bracket that holds this rail broke. He can't find where to get this bracket at. So mm-hmm. instead of having to replace all the handicapped rail that he's got associated with this, he brought his part in, we took it we put it back together glued it and then made a mold out of the 3d printed mold out of it and then shot inside this 3d printed mold a really rigid plastic that was able to suffice and replace the parts that he had and it was an exact replica
1: hmm.
4: so I mean it's it's really kind of cool how you're able to to do anything anymore I mean it's, it's it's amazing and I mean there's so many different industries now that are coming about <laughs> the tool and mold industry is going to change significantly here in the next five years um, a lot of people that probably familiar with like injection molding you know those molds instead of being cut out of raw steel are going to be printed wow. so there's going to be a lot, lot less waste of material when they're when they're making these molds because generally you know you get a giant block of steel and you got to machine it down to you know the core cavity of the part that you're looking to have made mm-hmm. whereas if you get a 3d printed it's just going to print it out and there's going to be zero to, to no waste of material at that time wow wow that's yeah, is... really fun and that's for me the engineer that's the geek effect that I look for when we bought the machine, you know, we were hesitant because we were unsure about where the technology was going to go, but it's been one of the greatest resources that we've had available to both our, our employees out in the field and our internal staff and house.
0: Gotcha. Talk to us a little bit about how important it is to be, to be able to have foresight and, 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 and make decisions and pivoting and per, and preparing to, to move your, your company to the next level. Um, and, and to also take advantage of not only industry changes, but, uh, technology changes, uh, you know, as you guys have done with the, with three, with the, uh, 3d printing.
4: Well, you know, you, you mentioned the word foresight and generally when I look at foresight, it's, it's more or less, it's, it's being willing to take risk. Um, to get yourself into a comfort bubble where you think everything's okay and you don't change what you do and you don't evolve. Um, you're going to find yourself behind the pack quickly, hmm. um, and so it's important to have the tools that are necessary for you and your people around you to be successful accessible to them, or they're going to become disengaged and they're not going to be happy. So when we looked at core, we wanted it to be innovative, and that's what we are. we're an innovation company. We're not only innovative with our staffing, but we're innovative with our product development. We're innovative with our 3D printing, we're innovative with our training. We're innovative with what we offer our employees and constantly evolving that and making sure that we're we're changing with the times and and not falling into the comfort zone and, and into a rut is key and paramount in success for our business in this because there's there's new ones starting up every day that are a little bit different or offer a little bit different benefit or a little bit different service. But the key is to always be the leader and you're never you know, everybody'll follow you then. But uh if you're constantly following, you'll never catch up. One of the one of the quotes we kinda use in the industry is uh, the only time I get ahead of my competition is when they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we work our butts off. That's the one thing that you know we do. We're passionate. I mean, we're there 60, 70 hours a week. We put in a ton of time, and catching these candidates and making sure that we're working harder than our competitors because that's the only way that you're really going to ever get ahead and, and 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 realize the dream.
0: Gotcha. So talk to us a little bit. So last week, my last week's guest, we talked a little bit about focus and understanding what your uh, core competency was. What made your your specific company, you know, different. Than the the rest of the the, the pack, but there's a balance to that, right? There's a there's a, a focusing, and again, as you mentioned, um, foresight and pivoting. What's tell, talk to us a little bit about that balance?
4: Well, you know, it's expensive to run this this type of an industry, especially with the benefits we offer. So the margins aren't quite as high for us as they might be for other agencies. So there there's a you know a bigger investment into the employee. But what we found is that our retention is much higher. We don't have people to jump ship to go from our company to the next company because they're provided with those those great benefits in the interim of either going direct or, you know, staying on with core consulting for as long as they want. We had one person that's kinda of funny that, that uh, the day we opened up the business, we had an employee that worked for us at a at a mining client. And uh he's been with us since day one. He's never left us. He's been an employee of mine, he's worked at three different companies and is an exceptional performer and he's just has decided to stay working for because 'cause we've treated him well and he's a happy guy. You know, mm-hmm. and that I think it's it's people like humans and not interchangeable parts. And I you know, that was one of the frustrations I had when I was a Harley Davidson for the contractor is I just felt like a number. I didn't really have anybody that I you know, could talk to. I was just sent a paycheck and my paycheck had employee number XYZ and I was Jesse Daly and that was about as much they knew of me. And, you know, they sent me a paycheck once, you know, every two weeks. So gotcha. so we really try and engage our employees in that personal relationship too. You know, they, they can call me directly, they can text me, they can email me. They can ask me questions about home life balance, you know. They got to take kids up. Hey, how do I tell this employer that I'm going to take my sons to the swim meet every day at 4.30? Is that going to be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's being a coach. It's kind of like a, my dad's a life insurance salesman. I consider myself kind of a job insurance salesman. You gotcha. know, and it's just kind of being an intermediary and a coach to, to help them with ways to communicate. Because most of my guys are engineers, and as much as though I'd like them all to be extroverts, they're not. So. um, giving them advice on on how to, I just call it advice because I never want to tell people what to do because Mm -hmm. I want them to be responsible for their own decisions that they make.
0: Gotcha. So Jesse, we are coming up on four minutes left here. Uh, So do you have any advice for potential entrepreneurs or people who are already in business and are kind of looking to, uh, to maybe grow or um, get to the next level? Uh, What, what would you tell them?
4: Well, I think one of the important things as an employer is listening to your staff. You know, one thing i found and what I've learned is I'm not the smartest, I'm not the brightest, I'm not the most talented in an organization. But what I have found is I've been able to find the people that are like that. So trusting in them and giving them the ability and the avenues to be flexible and, and listen to them has um, is, is, is been a key success because, you know, I find that you know employees that, that are doing the work tend to know it a lot better than people that are above just kind of looking down, you know, expecting things that are unrealistic without actually having done the work. And so I'm constantly integrating myself with our staff and our team to make sure that I understand what they're going through and what they're doing and making them feel like that, you know, that we can communicate on many different levels. I mean, it's, well, another quote to my dad said, you know, I mean, uh, how did it go exactly? It's, um, you know, I always want to be like, you're only as strong as your weakest link and as a leader, you want to be the pretty much the weakest link. You want your people around you to be your superstars, you yeah. know, because they're the ones that are doing the work. They're the ones that, that you rely on and if I have to be in, in, ingrained in every single thing of every detail of every day, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to be able to grow the business. I'm only going to be able to grow, you know, smaller scale, scale because I'm too focused on the day-to-day.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, Jesse Daly, we I appreciate you being with us tonight on Enterprise Now, and um, hopefully, if you're listening, you got a lot out of that. We talked about a lot from um, metrics. We we talked about advertising. We talked about um, pivoting. We talked about marketing. We talked about treating your your people um, with with dignity, respect. We talked a little bit about humility, um, being the the weakest link, and being a coach. So. There was a lot packed into that that hour that uh, that if you're, you're you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, um, you'll have to listen to it again to unpack all, uh, all of that. So uh, thanks again, Jesse, for being with us. And um, we appreciate it. And hopefully we could uh, we can have you back on um, in a little while to check on you uh, to make sure everything is going well with your business. And um, as Enterprise now uh, continues in our endeavors to make this um, this inspiring and motivational for for entrepreneurs all around uh, this nation. Uh, so we are uh, about to to get out of here for this week guys and I uh, just want to tell you again about our Radio Summer Fun Celebration and Food Drive that's going to be on August 5th and we have two drop off locations. One drop off location is Forever Faded Barbershop it's in Waukesha Wisconsin and the other drop off location is Sunset Popcorn And that's on Sunset Drive here in uh, Waukesha. So come on out. The uh, food drive started June 17th. And our goal is to raise $1,000 and 1,000 pounds of food. Again, our goal is to raise $1,000 and 1,000 pounds of food. So you can go directly to Hunger Task Force website. Or you can go to our website, www.wqyl-db.com slash food drive. And donate there. Thank you again for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.